This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today we're here with the one and only TK Kirkland. How you doing, man? It's good to see you, my man. I like a man who comes in with a leather baseball hat. Oh, yeah. You know, so, um, I've been traveling from the cold parts of the world. Mm. You know, Chicago, New York, so... It's just go, it goes with my um, my leather jacket, my Fonz leather jacket. That's you, in the you've line. been running around there doing what? Doing media stuff, performing shows. Okay. I, had, I had a nice show um, Valentine's weekend. Um, Club Riddle sold out. Okay, um, eight shows, so that was good. Um, pretty much, you know, you, you um, Vlad, the Breakfast Club, really, um, you guys changed my career in, in this game of um, entertainment. I don't feel like I deserve anywhere near as much credit as Vlad because I feel like you guys have done what probably damn near ten interviews. Like at about this four point? or five. Four or five. Okay. Yeah. Because normally I do them once a year. Okay. But then he's been reaching out to me to do more, and he's such a great person. You know, to sometimes to hear the um, the BS that the people try to give him for not doing Vlad and right. not having a uh, understanding what they're saying. Um, and and people who reach out to me to say not to do Vlad, not understand I'm I'm my own man. Right. You know, I'm, I'm 60 years old. How the hell am I going to listen to someone tell me what not to do and what to do? That is, it's, it's impossible. But that's interesting. Okay, so you have you have heard people telling you that you shouldn't fuck with Vlad. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, like to me, I don't. I, I've never really related to the critique of him since. To me, it's like I look at Vlad as somebody who is a expert interviewer yes like really really good at his job yes. really takes it you know i get a lot of inspiration because i see how serious he takes his yes. interviews and makes me want to go as hard right i understand some of the criticism complaints but I, I the idea that he's like you know really got bad intentions for the people that he interviews i think is, is it's, bullshit it's, 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 it, what i've learned in my lifetime is over the last 20-something years, the education level has declined mm. drastically, common sense, and it's just really bad. And when I hear remarks of that and people not respecting another man's opinion, right, because we all have opinions, mm. and you should always be respected for your opinion. It's like someone coming in your house and say, hey, I don't like the way the colors are, the color scheme in your home. Right. I want you to change it. You have to respect the person for what they perceive and what they do with their own home, same way with their own life. Right. So that's what I try to project out into the universe. If we're going to extend that metaphor, though, probably the thing that people tend to criticize them for the most is just, you know, something that in a lot of ways, I don't know that I think that this criticism really makes a lot of sense, but like they basically will try to paint the picture that Vlad has like negative intentions for the black community or somehow tries to emphasize i'm trying to play the devil's advocate yes, here trying yeah, to present the, present the argument that they would say which is that he tends to maybe present 
a lot of black people's stories in a light that they find unfavorable. Right. And what people understand, there's some people who can't get along in life. If that person voices say, I don't get along with that person, mm. then that situation between him and that person has nothing to do with your journey and how that person treats you. And that's mm. just normal life. That's like saying you're friends with someone. But this other person's having problems, but you genuinely love this friend mm. and just, okay, I'm going to stop messing with this friend because you guys are having problems. But it's also based on what happened between everybody if you had to cut everybody off. And he's always been good to me. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, you've been lo alive long enough to see that effect over and over in yes. the sense that like you know you see people's careers have these ups and downs and fl flows ebbs and flows and it's like you know as i often at times find that more like that that instinct to cancel someone is something that i've seen since i was a kid yes you know you're a kid and like literally when i was 13 i remember there was a girl who got fingered by a dude who was like a couple years older than her. Mm -hmm. And this was treated in my seventh grade class like such a scandal that you would have thought that this girl was going to fucking leave the school or something because right, she right. got fingered by a dude two years older than her. Right. When I look back on it now, I'm like, how did we even get the idea in our heads that that made any fucking sense? Right. That's true. This shit these days of just like sort of piling on somebody and trying to convince everybody not to fuck with somebody, it feels very high schoolish. Yeah. To oh, me. absolutely. That's what I mean by the education level mm. has truly declined. So um, I want people to know I, 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 I see the remarks from now and then, but I just don't respond or pay attention. Or I might block you because I feel that you're beneath my intelligence and why should I even be following you? Because mm -hmm. social media is like eating at um, hibachi restaurant. Right. You know, you ever been to a hibachi restaurant and they oh, sit yeah. you next to people that you would know damn well you would never eat with <laughs> ever in your fucking life? Yeah. That's what social media is. Mm. It puts you in touch with people who are not on your educational level. Which is so different because, like, I'm sure if you look back to your childhood or even, you know, your 20s or 30s, it's like you were interacting with the people around you. Yes. You saw the guy at the corner store. You saw the guy work at the gas station. What was someone in Indiana doing? No fucking clue. Unless that guy somehow got on TV. Absolutely. It's like the news is going to pick like a handful of people per week or month to right. like show you. That's true. But for the most part, you have no fucking clue. Not to mention what the fuck is going on in Japan. Absolutely. Or, you know, everybody, nobody has power in Texas right now. Absolutely. I know about it as it's happening because of social media. Yes. 30 years ago, I would not oh, know never. anything unless I was tuned into I the totally news, agree. and then I still might not know. Right, and that's the same as impact of death. Mm. When celebrities die, years ago, it might take you a week, depending on the, the, the star of the person. Mm. It might take you a week, few weeks, to find out, oh, I didn't know such and such died. Right. But now you can find out less than, as soon as the person died, right. before he even put the, the, the cape over that motherfucker, you know. Somebody will text you about somebody dying like the day after they die. And right. you're looking at your phone like, what the fuck? Like, I found out about that yesterday right, morning. Right, And you really have an attitude. Yeah. And you really want to say to the person, I, 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 I know already. And you used to have people <laughs> who, would, who would say to you, I don't watch the news. Now it's like, no shit, nobody watches the news. But nobody. everybody knows all about the news. Yes. Because everybody, even if you just follow an account or two on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you, you're going to see the fucking news. You're going to see the news. Very hard and to avoid. Being my age, and since I grew up that way, I still uh, am a fan of CNN. I still got to have it on my TV. Mm. I still got to watch uh, M NSBC. I got to do the stock on TV. Even though I have it on my phone as well. Mm. Um, it's just It keeps me company because I'm fine as I've gotten older. Television is just... 
there's nothing that truly can keep my interest. Really? So it's just, you know, I'm paying all this money for cable every month, knowing that I really should be saying it for my twilight years. I might need that in my <laughs> senior citizen home one day. But we'll see as, as, as this moves on. Oh, man. Yeah. But I don't know, man. There's something about having the TV on where... I agree. Sometimes I'll be in an airport, which not in the last year, but I'll be in an airport and they'll have CNN or Fox News. Fox News is like the more inflammatory usually. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it's very much like you can just tell that there's a constant urge to present the news as if there's something urgent happening, as if there's some imminent danger that you need to know about, because that's the thing that is going to actually have people tuning into the news during the election. It all of a sudden feels like it makes a lot of fucking sense to have the TV on because there's right. just news even during like the protests and shit this right. year. It's like there's news coming in nonstop. Then it makes sense to have the TV on. For most people, it doesn't really make sense to have the TV on when there's not crazy shit happening all the time. Mm -hmm. So they try to make you feel like there is crazy shit happening every few fucking right. seconds to keep you engaged. And when they talk about Mr. Uh, Ex-President, mm. what the bad information that he was giving out about all the platforms. Right. Believe it or not, Fox and CNN is just as bad because if you're giving the news about bad situations, you also are promoting bad information. Mm -hmm. And I think when bad information is being distributed, no matter who is distributing it, you're still getting out the information that this is getting ready to happen. And because nothing's a secret. Right. So when you hear like, oh, the FBI found out that such and such group is getting ready to do such and such at the Capitol and all that. Well, if you know who they are, why didn't you go stop it before it can get to X, Y, and Z? Why go look for them after they're doing it? Or why go look after them when you know that they've already planned it? Mm. Because I was talking to my son and we were talking about how... Um, the people who went to the Capitol and all those people died, no one still has been held for the murder of the people who died. Mm. And it's just an unfair situation. Like, no one is being charged for murder. Right. Pretty much most of these people are going to walk away with probation, mm. in a sense. And like my son was saying, that if um, Donald Trump and the Republicans was really smart, because they're dumb. Mm. This is what, you know, they're extremely dumb. If they was really smart, they could have really took over and had some dictatorship. So they've been doing this and been stupid. Imagine if they were smart mm. and put things together. We would be in a bad situation because it's, um, Hitler was is just as bad, but Hitler was smarter than Hitler was smarter yeah. than Trump. Hitler and Trump, like the difference is, is that you know, and I was I didn't live through Hitler's reign, mm -hmm. but I've you know read plenty about it and everything. But it seemed like he really was really committed to this idea, right? Right. <laughs> you know, he really believed in what he wanted to accomplish. With Donald Trump, I don't feel like even his most diehard supporters at this point. It seems like they're kind of in on the joke that he never really cared about. Right, anything. and he don't care about none of them, and mm -hmm. they still fuck with him. Right. If you get in trouble, and he ain't. He'll throw you under the bus. They hate the left so much that they're willing to really side with whoever will be their champion. Right. Even if he doesn't really. And, and you know, we kind of do it on the same way on the left, too. Because if you look at, like, a lot of, you know, 
what Joe Biden is uh, proposing and stuff. It's like, you know, I, I wanted Joe Biden to win really bad, mm -hmm. even though I knew that he was going to try to take our guns away and that he was probably full of shit about the uh, the, the income stimulus checks and stuff, right, which right. still don't seem like they're going on. And somehow, you know, I, I did what a lot of Republicans are, have done with Trump, which is I just kind of ignore the stuff that I don't like. And I lend my support and I went and voted for him and I kind of turn a blind eye to all the shit I don't like and I try to focus in on the stuff that I think is better yeah. than Trump. The thing about um, Biden, he was being profiled for his past. Right. And what I share to people about your past is that we all have history. Mm. Some bigger, some small, right? But if we are all held for our past, a lot of people won't get second chances in life mm. because you'll say, wow, I was, I was a different person at that time in my life. I'm not like that anymore. And what I explain to people is, um, and a lot of people didn't get this when I mentioned this a while ago, um, if Maya Angelou would have died at 20, she would have been considered a prostitute. Mm. She would have died a prostitute, but she grew on to be this famous poet. Right. Malcolm X, if he had died when he was a youngster, would have been considered a drug addict, a pimp, etc. But as he grew in life, he became this phenomenal man in black history. So we have to give people opportunities in life instead of profiling them, knowing that one, that, that just helped build their character. And mm -hmm. as they grow, as they get older, and, if you, and all the people listening, if you grow to be older, if you grow to live a, a long, healthy life, and you look back, you'll be surprised how your thoughts are different compared to when you was 20, mm -hmm. 30, 40, 50 years old. The difference is, is that if you were standing on the street with your buddies and fucking, you know, you use some homophobic language or something, nobody knows. Nobody cares. It's not, it's not written down. But right. if you, in 2010, if you wrote a tweet where you called somebody a homophobic name, mm -hmm. you will not be hired by Google. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like you are not going to, it doesn't matter if you're a fucking genius. It doesn't matter if you went to Harvard. It does not matter. I have a friend. Um, I didn't know that. They go that deep. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm using Google as like a specific example. Right. But like I have a friend, uh, Mr. Beast, who is like the biggest YouTuber, more or less at this point. And he does amazing things. He gives away so much money to charity and stuff like that. Right. And at one point there was an article written about him that basically pointed out that, you know, whatever, 10 years ago or however long ago, he, like, responded to one of his friends on Twitter and called him a fag. Right. I don't think he's a homophobe. He's just, you know, that's how some people talk at some right. point. I'm sure now he That's understands. how it was when we was growing up. Oh, that, hell that's yeah. the word we used. Growing he's up, that was the most... faggot. Yeah, he's a faggot. Most normal word <laughs> That's how ever, we said right? it, yeah. too. He's a faggot. <laughs> can't say that now. Say it like that. Dude. Yeah, sure. but that's how we live in Jersey. He's a faggot. You can't do that mm. now, bro. But he, he has an article, at least one article online, about the fact that he said fag one time, and there are brands that won't sponsor his channel or are like very skeptical about working with him off that. Wow. So, I mean, that puts into perspective. Like, I don't know, a lot of times people try to minimize cancel culture and say that it's not real, it's just this thing, whatever. It's just this phrase that people use to, you know, oh, you, you want to cancel somebody for saying the N-word, right, whatever. But like, yes, there, there are times where people are canceled and need to be canceled but there's yes. a lot of other times where it's clear that this has gone too far gone too far i totally agree yeah i totally agree mm. do you feel it in comedy as well you think that the young comedians that you talk to are scared to be offensive i think we need to encourage the young comedians to be offensive i haven't really watched them but i think in today's world you um 
you don't want to push the 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 the, the envelope too much mm. because in uh, people are very powerful right and you want to eat so business and business to me you have to outthink your competitor so as long as you're clever and you can still push the envelope or it's not what you say it's how you say it mm. you could probably still get the same message across but not be so um Blunt with it. Blunt with it. Would T.K. Kirkland ever do a trans bit in the year 2021? Oh, absolutely. I do it already. Okay. But it's a clever bit. Mm. I talk about how the LBGTQ, um, all these years, we didn't see it coming. They was meeting at the Starbucks early in the morning about 430. <laughs> and, we, we, and we saw them in there. We didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then That's think funny. about it. They got so creative. We walking by. We not seeing what's going on. Mm. And they formed a union. And they call themselves the LBGTQ. And we had no idea. And we had no idea. And now they're more powerful than NAACP. They're more we thought powerful they were, than the government. We thought they were just sucking each other's dicks. Right. We, <laughs> they, they, or just having cappuccino. Yeah. But they are organized. They are powerful. Mm. And you have to respect it. So my thing is with them, I'm, I'm not against them. I just try to bring how things were when I was growing up. And I tell people, I said, I'm not against gay people at all. Mm. It's just that when I was growing up, gay people knew their position. Mm. They came out at 12.05, and they went back in at 4.30, 4.45. And even if they passed, stayed out past their curfew, as they was walking past, they would apologize that they stayed out so late. It's like adult swim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you know you're, you're 10, and you want to be in the pool, but you understand there's a percent. <laughs> right, right, right. So now they, they, it's gone now. So my, I, I take my hat off to them because they're not reckless. Mm. They have organizations. They're doing things extremely powerful. And um, I salute them. That's all you could do. I feel you. Um, have you felt like have you had the the experience though of like telling a joke in in person like live and having people get offended in the audience and then you have to figure out and navigate that? No, I don't care what I'm on. Your stage. audience is not yeah. the types. And I like um and I sometimes feel if I don't run you out of my show, these two or three people, I didn't do my job because mm. my show is truly about reality. It's truly about life and. I say the things that I say because I'm like, either I'm going to intimidate you or I'm going to inspire you. Mm. It's one of the two. You know, now this person might think it's, I'm hurting somebody's feelings. Mm. But the person I'm talking to, it can be, I might have just inspired that person who has a tooth missing right. to get his tooth fixed. But this person, oh my God, I can't believe he said it. But this person said, you know what? He's right. I'm going to get my damn tooth fixed because I shouldn't be walking around here with a big ass gap on the side of my mouth mm. that somebody could see straight to my lungs growing up or nowadays people talk about bullying like it's the worst thing on earth mm -hmm. i feel like in a lot of ways bullying is pretty much like bullying of one form or another is kind of a thing that teaches you like how to actually survive you know i don't know about survive because today kids are soft yeah my age bullying was if you got bullied, a lot of people can catch a lot of pain because once you got home and got to your brothers mm. or cousins and the whole family come back the next day. Right. And when they come back, it could be a war. Mm. And that's just the way it was. Today, it's so dramatic that people will read something and want to kill themselves mm. or go into depression. 
And I just, I just think it's sad that someone can read something and want to end their life. Right. And bullying sometimes helps build character. Um, no one died. You got your feelings hurt or you had a family member that will protect you. But in, 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 in today's world, to know that it's gotten to this is kind of sad. But um, that's what the blessings are about the pandemic, I mm. think now, because only the, the strong will really survive. Meaning if you know how to do online and do school, you don't have to be around people you don't like. You don't have to be around people who will talk about you mm -hmm. um, because you didn't have the proper clothes. No one could... Um, belittle you, anything like that. So I, it, it's a good and bad thing about mm. the pandemic. The only thing the pandemic did also too, it with Zoom, it realized a lot of people found out their children can't read. Mm. And then they found out that their parents can't read. So it's been hell in the house, people trying to get their uh, education. I do. I feel really terrible for all the, the kids basically who are just like having their whole development slowed down by the pandemic, you know, like that's going to affect them for the rest of their life. There's so much lost there. Yeah. Like just so this, much. that, that hour or that year of socialization. Let's, let's hope it's just maybe a year because a lot of kids are getting back to school now and stuff. I mean that when you're in your developing years, I mean that, that, that could really potentially, I wouldn't be surprised if like, 10 years from now or however many years from now we're reading articles about how this specific event of kids not being in school really like slowed down the overall education yeah, of and, a whole and generation. And how to inter, interact with people, etc. Uh, Imagine there's some people that would never meet. You know, in high school you got your, your boyfriend and girlfriend you met at the prom mm -hmm. or you asked somebody to take... To take all that has changed. Yeah, the, the worst thing to me about the pandemic was that it... It speeded up a bunch of the worst things that were already happening to society. Yes. Not being able to go to the grocery store and everybody just using, you know, some service to bring you your, mm -hmm. your groceries or mm -hmm. whatever. And, like, that that's fine, but it took so many, you know, because the grocery stores are already, like, not in a great position or whatever. All, all retail outlets are not in a great position. But for people to be forced to have to order everything online is just, like, speeding up. Or, or, or you know, the, the, the fact that I... For the last year, I will not go and be in like you know a club or a bar. Or, oh no! You know, I want to socialize, no. and that, in a lot of ways, was like already kind of happening in our society. Is that people have less and less of a reason to go be around groups of people, mm -hmm. but it all of a sudden made it like completely taboo. Like you yeah. really don't want to be around groups of people, so it right. just sped up like what already fucking sucks right. about our society and, right now. And, and um, last year, ten years worth of bullshit happened in one year. Mm. 10 years happened, like so much stuff happened. If that would have happened, all this stuff would have happened over the next 10 years, but all this happened in one year and um, it's overwhelming. And yeah, I mean, it must really have sucked to die in 2020 just knowing that you weren't really gonna be able to even get any like long form type of attention. You know, a lot of times people die and like they're talking about it for like weeks. That's so true. It's like, if you died in 2020, People probably were already moved on by right. like a day. And that later. was my fear. Because you can't compete. You're going to compete with Kobe? Right. No. Yeah, that was my fear. I, I, I didn't want to go out in 2020. I didn't want to be that number on CNN. Yeah. I did not want to be on that number. But in your position, it gets worse and worse. Same thing for me. It gets worse and worse every year because every year, more and more people that you know die and it becomes more and more normal. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It becomes normal. Because you, you know more people. Yeah, that's so true. And you know more older people. Yep, that's so true. And this is this an abundance. So, right. And then I, I got kind of accustomed to death because I lost my parents and everybody before I was 40. Wow. So my dad um, drowned. My um, mom died of cancer. My <sighs> oldest brother got um, murdered by the police. My youngest brother died of um, aneurysm. So all this happened before I was um, 40 years old. Wow. So nobody in my family ever lived to be in their 60s. Damn. Yeah, that's serious. How's that feel to be like the first one from your family to, to make it to this age even? Mm. You do not seem 60, just for the record either. Uh, yeah. It's hard to um, believe. I know it's a blessing. Right. And that's all you could say. You know that it's a blessing. I've been doing great things out here because um, I know my purpose on earth you know, I'm in tune to that, and it's truly to help people. So I, as long as I do what I'm supposed to do when I'm here, I, I did my job. And that's why I always share with people, when the day that your life ends, what did you contribute to the earth? Mm. What was your job? Was you here? Did you, did you give pain? Did you get love? Did you help people? You know, and I can honestly say that um, I probably gave all three. Mm. <laughs> yeah, do you feel like there are... Are, are there big things that you still want to accomplish your life with your life or are you kind of already at the point where you're like thankful to have made it here and to even get to continue to do what you do and to be able to live and have a good life is that enough to satisfy that urge i think um i want i think the the above right i i'm happy because when i do shows like this and then people and vlad and everything and people can't believe i've done all this thing they're like oh wait this man is this is this is crazy. This man has accomplished that, but to me, I, I pretty much buried it because I only bring it up based on conversation. So when I do sometimes see the interview, I'm like, wow, I really accomplished that. But um, determination is based on what's in your DNA, mm. right? How you was raised, who was around you, who inspired you. I've been around so many just great people in my DNA. I'm just a true winner. So every day I'm excited about being alive. Every day I'm excited about winning. Every day I create something to motivate me to continue. So um, even though I've been doing this for so many years, I still have so many other things I want to do. And I think that's what keeps me young mm. and strong. Um, and um, knowing that I have that to achieve, I just don't think of that. I just think it's my DNA. And I, and I just keep coming up with things. and. Man, I keep getting an idea because I don't feel my age. I don't look my age. And I don't have an older swag, as they say. And I tell people all the time, I'm, like, I'm the flyest old man you'll ever meet. Mm. You stay in the gym? Stay in the gym. Right. Stay many, in the gym. How many days a week? Pump Every iron. day. Every day. But I don't pump iron just for the next two months for a reason. Just an hour, uh, hour and 10 minutes of cardio. I, ha I burn 771 calories a day. Really? Yeah, that's my goal every day. But you're not lifting weights for the next couple of months. Why? Because um, I've been doing it my whole life. Oh, okay. So I'm just giving my body a rest. Right. So I'll probably just start doing more push-ups, more jumping jacks. I just stopped like about um, a couple of weeks ago, like not, not to lift. Right. So I've just been really focusing on cardio. You know who Ronnie Coleman is? 
the bodybuilder? Yes, I do. From Texas, is yes. a fucking cop at one point, right. and he was the biggest motherfucker ever. And it's super sad. There's a documentary about him right now. But when I was really, really interested in bodybuilding, when I was in my early 20s, and I'm paying attention to all these dudes lifting weights and stuff, and I'm watching these videos of him doing like 3,000 pound fucking uh, leg presses right. and shit, and he's got his legs wrapped all crazy and stuff, and now he's so fucked up he can barely walk, dude. Is that right? Yeah, and it's super sad because he was like the biggest motherfucker in the world. Yeah, see. I, I I believe after 20, you shouldn't bench more than 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> after 20, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I don't bench to be strong and try to right. be something that I'm not. I work out because I think people who are creative and people who want to come up with ideas, oh, yeah. you need an outlet to think. And that starts way back when I was a track star, yeah. athlete, and that's being my whole life. So when I'm on the Stairmaster for an hour, um, I have so much to think about. I don't listen. I don't have music in my head. You don't do music. I don't or do music. Anything. I old school. Yeah. And I, I just had. And I'm not. And I'm not depressed thinking. My thinking is positive thinking. Mm. So when I'm on there, I'm making moves. I'm thinking about what I got to do when I get done. I think about what I when I got to call my son. I got to book an airline ticket. I got to do this for my daughter, um, for my son. And I could, It's a strategy. Mm. So by the time I'm done. And believe it or not, it's an hour before I go to the gym. Then it's the stairmaster. Then I ride my bike for five miles. After that, then I go to the house. Mm. But as as we get older, people need to stay active because right. um, hypertension, um, heart disease, is um, very serious. Yeah, I feel like when I look at you know old people who who just die, you know, in their 40s or 50s or whatever, or just a huge percentage of people you see in general. You're yes. like, well, this guy doesn't pay any attention to what he eats, yep. and he doesn't exercise with any sort of regularity. I mean, what the fuck was supposed to happen? Exactly. Here, you know? And I explain that to people as well. When they at the clubs drinking these big jugs of alcohol, thinking right. that it's something, and you're going to die in your sleep. Yeah. You're going to keep drinking. It's like putting poison in your car. Right. You know, that's what it's doing to your body. Eventually, if you keep putting poison in your car, eventually something's going to happen to your vehicle. Right. The same thing with your body, you know? Like, you can have a little something, but not abuse your body. Yeah, like, I mean, so many people live their lives as if they don't care about the end result, as if they're just not concerned. Isn't that something? I know guys who have, you know baby mamas or girlfriends or wives that they live with and they cheat on her and they cheat on her in such an egregious fashion and then they know that the end result of this is that the girl's going to find out they're going to kick them out of the house they, they, they just so many people sort of personally sell or, or intentionally self-sabotage their lives yes they do and really every type of drug abuse is that yes, as well yes and it's amazing that people don't think about the end result right until it happens that's like I'm gonna do this, but not think of the consequences. Right. And, and all you gotta do is watch. I mean, in the community, all you gotta do is watch the first 48. Yeah. These kids uh, do something, and then they get caught. They they are shocked that of what the consequences are. Right. And um and that's sad to me. And I I just want kids to understand that when they lock you up, it's not a game. You know, we they talk about jail reform and mm. people shouldn't get so much time. And I agree with that, but my goal is I, w I wanted to stay like that. And the reason why, because I don't want people to go to jail. Mm. So if you fear all this time, you would say to yourself, 
man, I ain't going in that motherfucker, yo. Right. I'm going to do the right thing. Because if people were really rational, then there would be like nobody selling drugs on the corner. Absolutely. <laughs> You're taking an extreme risk You're taking an for extreme very risk. little reward. Yes. And if you've even like paid attention to the TV growing up, mm -hmm. you know that there's this thing called prison and Absolutely. that it's really, really bad. Right. And that's what I want kids to understand. I'm not, yeah, I don't want nobody to go to jail, but mm. be afraid to go to jail. Right. Stop killing each other, mm. right? Stop hurting one another. Be fearful because I, I, back in 1976, 77, there was a program that just started that's still around to this day called Scare Straight. Right. And I was one of the first people in New Jersey to go to this program. As a, know, as a kid. As a kid. Right. They, I don't know why they picked me. I wasn't even getting in trouble at that time. Mm. But they picked me and grew other people. And we went on this bus ride to Rikers, not Rikers Island, Rawway State Prison in New Jersey. Okay. Walked in there, and some of the most biggest men were dressed like women. Whoa. They had the, the, um, the bandanas wrapped around their head and booty shorts, nuts, a, um, dick all tight up. People, if you saw on the street in regular clothes, you know they probably can kill you. Jesus Christ. These guys was like women. And I saw that, and it just, it just, it just put a lot of, um, not fear, because I still made mistakes down in my life as we went on, but when um, you appreciate life, that's not where you want to go. Right. I, I can't see men wanting to be around other men. I like pussy too much. I like women too much. I like um, nice things. I don't want to be around a bunch of men arguing about who's going to get the phone to call somebody that you love that you could have been with because of bad choices. Right. Not me. I'm not going out like that. No, yeah. Uh, there's a show on Netflix that I've been mentioning on the podcast repeatedly, but mm -hmm. it's called like the Inside the World's Most Dangerous Prisons. And let me tell you something you about it? that. Yeah, I'm oh going to have you laugh about this real quick. <laughs> when I was catching cases, right. I never watched Shawshank Redemption because mm. it scared me. Right. So I'm not watching that shit and I got to go to jail and I got to deal with this bullshit. Make you think about right. what you're doing too much. Right. You know? So when I watched The Scariest Prisons, I don't want to watch it. Right. For some reason, I skip right over that motherfucker because I'm like, I'm not trying to go. Right. I don't, I don't want to know the history. I don't care. But I see it on, on that, on that dashboard. The thing about it though is that if, if I were, say, I had to go do a bid, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to go do one year. I would love watching that show beforehand because going to prison in America sounds horrible. Going to prison in America sounds amazing compared to being in some of these prisons where you got, like, literally there's so many people that there's no floor space. So you got all these grown men basically sleeping in, like, a cuddle position with each other, not because they want to, but because there's no fucking space on the floor. Isn't that something? Some of these prisons, the, the, the guards have completely given up, and it's like the gangs really run the whole prison. 
Wow. Like they they can't do shit. People smoking crack in the middle of the prison, out in the main yard. People right. are basically eating trash. Like it's so bad that they're eating like what I could only really describe as like garbage. And that's what people, these kids should see yeah. to know it's not a game. You know what was the most humiliating part for me getting locked up? Mm. I was in LA County Jail and um, I think I spent like a, a week there before I bailed out. Was when you go through processing and they give you somebody else's underwear that you know hundreds of people have put on. It's clean, Ugh. but exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine they watching you and they telling you to get dressed? They put this powder on you and you put on another person's underwear. Hmm. Humiliating. Yeah. Oh. I mean, even if the only thing that prison was was that you had to eat really shitty food. Even that would be reason enough to do everything in your power to stay away from it. Like when I, totally I th- when I think about what I get to eat in a given day, and it's not anything crazy. Right. You, know, you get to have some fucking eggs and bacon. Right, and right. A little avocado on the side. Right, get to right. have a nice, chick- sound good, nice chicken salad for right, lunch. Right, right. Give me a steak for dinner. Yes, yes. That's something to be thankful for. Absolutely. And just even even if prison was like you got to keep doing everything else, but you had to eat these like shitty white bread sandwiches with a little piece of peanut butter in the middle right. or whatever, because that's when I uh, got locked up overnight in New York City for 24 hours and mm-hmm. bookings. That's what we had to eat the whole time. Even if it was just that, you know, like you kill somebody, oh, you got to eat white bread for 20 years. That's insane. That's enough reason. Yeah. It's not. So I stay away from people, man. I I. I I love life too much. Mm. I love life too much. But don't you hate how how that's kind of the lesson to be learned from life? Is to stay the fuck in your own lane, stay away from other people. Being around, be, putting yourself out in public too much is a is a danger. Is a danger. I was just interviewing a, so the, true this kid Milk Seven Foe, who's like a YouTuber slash uh, gangbanger out here in LA, mm-hmm. and he's just telling a story about being out, you know, posted up outside the liquor store, drinking with his friends, and how they get into an argument with some Mexican guy, and all of a sudden somebody their enemies pull up and shoot the whole block up, kill his friend, and. Uh, my, my reaction is like, what the fuck are you doing hanging out outside the liquor store? I totally agree. But I mean, like most of my life, that wouldn't have been my reaction to that story. Like, right. in, in, You would think that it would be nice to live in a world where you could kick it at a bar or outside a liquor store and that it wouldn't be, you know, that you wouldn't have to be dealing with the reality of like something very, very terrible. Right, because like in my so age group, you know, we could sit on the steps right. in front of your house drinking high sea Kool-Aid. Mm. Eating ice cream with sprinkles. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing to 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Enjoy the neighborhood. Enjoy yeah. the neighborhood. You're watching people walk out. You, you're seeing the, 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 the husband mm. cheating on the wife because she's at work or vice versa. You're not saying anything. You see all this sitting on your steps. Right. Those days are gone. And even when I think about going to other countries and stuff, and you're in Barcelona, I mean, the culture is that, like, they have these, like, little outdoor parks everywhere, and there's little outdoor restaurants, outdoor seating areas, and the people there, they love, that's the whole culture, is you will sit in these little parks, and you'll get to drink your beer, you smoke your spliff, you fucking just, people hang out in the public squares, right? and that's such a huge part of it. And, I mean, really, that, that thing that you're talking about of, like, people just hanging out on the street... You know, it's like I know people in New York who that's pretty much like what it's like on on their block. But like what has happened to our society has really sort of like secluded us where it's like yes. it's so much more normal to go into your house and watch Netflix by yourself <laughs> yes, than yes. to not have any. I don't know any. I, I know one neighbor. 
I don't know anybody else in my whole fucking that's, neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. Same and I'm not mine. trying to meet them either. Right. And, and, and that's just how <laughs> life is. This is what it's come to. Uh. And because, unfortunately, it's like even when you let people in your home, you never know who's eye hustling. Mm. You never know what is going to be the consequences of you showing up your home. Mm-hmm. And people do that. And they wonder why they get robbed. People do that because they let people know where they live. Mm-hmm. And people with Instagram always are letting people know. When they're home, when they're, when they're not home. home. I always post shit when I'm back. Mm. I'll go do something and I'll show it the week that I'm back from doing it. Instead of showing it while I'm actually there doing mm. it. That's just my style. Because I come up in an era that you couldn't tell where you was going because your parents will shut that shit down. If you say you're going to Disneyland and you told the whole neighborhood, next thing you know, your parents are like, we ain't going no motherfucker where. Right. Now you look like a liar mm. to your friends. Oh, I thought y'all was leaving town. Right. Like, I'm out cancel that shit. You ever had a problem of having your house uh, robbed or something? No. Like when no. you're off doing something? No. I, people don't even know where the fuck I live. Right. You know, my son sometimes got to say, Dad, can, can you give me your address? Mm. Even though I know he knows how to get there, but it's I, hilarious. Uh, I had a friend who was from Barcelona, a BMX rider, and he came to L.A. because, you know, everybody in the in Europe or whatever, they think of L.A. as like this is the place that you want to go if you want to be around all the crazy skateboarding and bike riding stuff that's going on. And he is just used to like this sort of Spanish culture where everybody's very, very welcoming. And he can't, he comes here for a week, and then we ended up hanging out, and he's telling me like, I don't understand, like, Americans, like, you know, I, I meet people at the skate park, and I tell them, like, let's go out drinking at the bar, and no, nobody wants to. He's like, you know, where I'm from, I meet someone, and, you know, they will come over to my house for dinner, and that's Shit. normal. And I'm just like, yeah, imagine <laughs> the average, like, like us even eating dinner with our family is right. so out of the ordinary, and it's like... Hearing him talk about it really put it in perspective for me of how fucking weird our culture yes. has gotten where that, that idea of welcoming somebody into your home, like me and you both view it as like you're you're asking for trouble. You're Do not let a trouble. fucking stranger That's in your house. right. You sure are. Yeah. You sure are. I, I'll get a hotel room. We all can meet there, but mm-hmm. you ain't coming in the house. Right. Okay, so let's, th- let's throw this one out there. Mm-hmm. T.I. Mm-hmm. Getting crucified by the media lately. Yes. For me, it feels like if you're going to be a multimillionaire who likes to do drugs and mm-hmm. have sex with large groups of women, with your girl or, or without, there it's a, it's a ticking time bomb. Totally agree. And T.I. is a good friend of mine. He okay. always comes to my events. Um, and when I see him in these situations, um, again, you have to be afraid of something. Mm. And when people are not afraid, you continue to make the same mistakes. You have to live in paranoia to a certain extent. People are like, oh, I'm not, fuck that. I'm, I'm a man. I'm not going to be paranoid. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. But then you are putting yourself in a bad situation to be set up because you never know the intentions of the other person. Right. You never know what you're capable of doing. In my um, younger days, I used to have orgies. I used to have sex with five different women and all that kind of stuff. But I won't bring that into my life. I won't even bring that to my bedroom as I got older because my bedroom is sacred. My bedroom is just for the, me and my woman to just have a good time. I don't need, um, as we get older, your energy and your universe is so important that you are very careful 
who you allow in your space. Mm. And when you allow um, different people into your space and you don't know their intentions, you don't know where their heart is, especially today's world, um, you're setting yourself up eventually for something to happen to you. Mm. So you have to be very strict. You have to be um, keep your guard up at all times. Right. You have to. Let's say him and his girl hooked up with 100 girls. I mean, you only need one. Only need one. To say some shit like it didn't happen. Right. To get too fucked up and right. feel uncomfortable, say right. whatever. I mean, it's just... I don't even like <sighs> that feeling. It's such a yeah. bad feeling to put yourself in to... You know, when I saw that about him, I, I felt bad for him because I love him as a person. He always comes to my shows in Atlanta. Um, 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 Tiny's been a friend of mine for years when she was with Escape back in the day. And I just don't want people to go through it, but you got to keep yourself out of bad situations. You have to. Right. You have to at all costs. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, that, that, that right there sort of just like maybe it was a reminder of like how much the world just changed and how much trusting people too much has just kind of become a real real liability right and, and if i did that i will i will fuck around with older women i like older women who got like hysterectomies <laughs> um women who um um all they want to do is really know how many points you have on amazon prime mm. um you know one a, a couple of my days you know it's a lot a lot of men don't date deaf women really you know you like that though. I, I, I'll, I'll fuck with a deaf bitch because she can't talk back you can scream at her while you're fucking her from behind <laughs> right exactly <laughs> really give her a piece you of know, your mind <laughs> and, and, and people are laughing like and they don't think deaf women need love and affection to dick but I, i'll fuck a deaf bitch how do these there. women lose their hearing and do you you hang out at the the center for the for the deaf and blind or no, some i just shit? walk up <laughs> on them they find you know what i'm saying how did they do a, a sign right you know so i'll i'll find somebody you know, because you know, I got a little bit of money, so I'll, I'll, I'll pay somebody to follow me to translate what that person is saying. Right. <laughs> no, that makes sense to me for sure. But you know what's fucked up now? Okay, can you put yourself in this situation? <laughs> My dad had a friend growing up who got divorced around, I don't know, like, you know, he, he gets divorced when he's like 40. Uh-huh. And he's in business, so he's, he's got the option to go to Asia and he could make more money by going to China and working out of there or whatever. He moves there. All of a sudden, he's got, you know, 10 Chinese girlfriends, and he's the fucking man in China. Right. Because he's white. He's got money. Boom. He's in this world. He's, like, in high demand in comparison. It always kind of, like, stands out to me that, like, you know, you could be the tallest guy in China tomorrow if you moved out there. Right. That's so true. (laughs) You're right. You know, like... Or, or, like, I've seen the way that Chinese people, when you're in Asia and shit, if, like, I've been out there on BMX trips with yes. black guys. Right. I mean, they look at black guys like they're from a fucking another planet. Right, like, that's they, so they're, true. They're in awe of it. Right. You always, like, you ever think about that option? that You could always just kind of, like, drift off to another culture and just really stand out there? I, I, I actually thought about that. Mm. Like, it could be a rock star, so to speak. For real. Like, a huge rock star. And, um... The thought crossed my mind, but I never rolled the dice or pulled the trigger to go mm-hmm. make it happen. But I've, I have thought about what you said. Right. Like, I thought about that. It sounded a lot more attractive to me as a kid, whereas, like, now the idea of being somewhere where you have, like, almost no chance of, like, relating to someone else. Like, I, like I think that, you know, that's why I, like, really wouldn't want to move out of America. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want to live the place where you have the most in common with the most people, right? Right. That's true, and the the, the um, 
not putting yourself in a bad situation because you know how things are here. Mm -hmm. You know where to go. Give me an example. When I went to um, the Netherlands, mm -hmm. I arrived in, at 12 o'clock at night. And um, I walked outside. This is a couple of years ago. I walked outside, and I was going to go to the red light district. But the way they was telling me which way to go, it just seemed so dark that direction. And I had never been there before. I said, don't be no motherfucker fool. Mm -hmm. I went back to bed until the sun came up. And then the next day, I went out to um, enjoy myself just in case I walked somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. Mm. And that's where you got to use common sense. Sometimes you can go to another country and just feel free like nothing's going to happen to you mm. and walk your ass into a bad situation. Yeah. And you take it for granted that you you know the lay of the land where you're really comfortable. Yes. If I were to move to France tomorrow, I'm going to get caught up in some bullshit because I'm not going to understand that the guy who looks like that, who's standing on the corner there, that's the dude that you don't want to fuck with. But right. here, I mean, like if I was in a bad neighborhood here, right. I'm going to be able to tell right away. If I'm, I'm going to be able to tell the guy standing on the corner, no, do not go near him. Yeah, exactly. That guy is a problem. Right. Like, you right. know, we have those that's built into us because yes. we've been around here long right. enough. But you don't have any of that. If you go to Russia, yes. to us... The fucking most murderous gangster and the guy who's just you know selling weed on the corner look look the same probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. But that's why people got to explore the world and try as much as they can and then get your ass out of there. Mm, for sure. Um, okay. I'm gonna continue throwing uh, hot topics at okay. you. When you when you first heard about this uh, Meg The Stallion and Tory Lanez thing, mm -hmm. what was your thought process and has that changed since then? What are your What are your thoughts on this? Well, when I saw her toes, I said <laughs> that was the benefit of it. You got a good look at your toes. toes. I said that's that's why he shot that bitch. Her toes is fucked up. No, nah, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I had to put um, um, Megan Stallion. I just I'm a comedian. But you're a foot guy. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I'm a foot guy. I heard but, there's a website uh, called Wiki Feet where you can go see pictures of everybody. It's like a compilation of everybody's no, feet. No, it got to be a woman I'm fucking with. Okay. Like I don't, I'm not gonna go on pictures and go ooh and, mm -hmm. and jack off to another bitch's feet. But if it's my of a woman I'm dating and she got nice feet, right? I just not that I get turned on by it. I just know you got nice ass feet, and mm -hmm. that means a lot to me. Um, with Tori in that situation, um, believe it or not, during that crisis, I became a fan because I Tory. didn't know uh, I didn't know who he was, mm. and I played his music, and I was like, "Wow, this motherfucker is talented," and um, that's what I got out of it. With those two. Um, it looked like it's going to be brushed under the water because it's, it's starting to die down. But there, he has to go to court for it. Okay. There's an open criminal case that he's going to have to. That That's when, because I agree that it's kind of crazy how everybody, it seems like, has kind of lost interest. Right. In large part. But that's how, I always tell, I was talking about this the other day on stage, right? Yeah. How kids today don't know how to fight a case. Mm. See, the, the goal to fight a case is, this is why I try to get people to to. to um, be respectful to the police and not put yourself in a bad situation because the goal is to get home. Mm. And you don't disrespect the cops. Regardless of how tough you are, the goal is to outthink the cop mm. by being respectful. Yes, sir, no, sir. If you're going to go to jail, you took take the L. And then if you have a few dollars, you get, you, you get out, you bail out, fight the system, you get you a good attorney, you find out who is a good attorney in that, that area for... That, um, that court, and your money has to be right. So if your money's right, 
you fight the case a year, two years. What happens in a year, two years, guess what? Because the prosecutor turnover is insane in court. Mm -hmm. So it's a different prosecutor. So the new prosecutor may not, don't give a fuck about this particular case. I just want to get off my desk. So when you're looking at a mandatory sentence, now someone is saying, hey, I'm just going to give this guy probation. Or that prosecutor mm. might know your attorney and they have a relationship and that prosecutor owes your attorney a favor. And your attorney speaks to him and says, hey, this is a nice kid. I need you to do this for me, blah, blah, blah. And they work a deal out. Anything can happen in two years. And the worst case scenario, you catch another motherfucking case in two years if your ass is mm. stupid. Definitely. But I think that the issue with Tory was that he was already convicted on social media immediately. Oh, yeah. So for him, I mean, he puts out an album that basically, you know, allows him to address the situation mm -hmm. in part, not entirely. Yes. Well, a lot of people were maybe kind of not into the fact that he used music to tell his side of the story. Right. But, you know, he's just not he's not able to be super literal about whatever he has to say. He is kind of like leading everybody in the direction of believing that something different than the narrative that Meg put out there is right. the official narrative. And yeah, I mean, but it's tough for him because it's like it's tough for him to sit back and just what not have a career for two years mm -hmm. while this case gets underway. Right. I mean, that's kind of like suicidal. And like if he doesn't put himself out there, then. People are going to assume even more so that he's, he's well. Any time today, whether you're telling the truth or lying, once it goes on social media, it's public opinion. Mm. And we are so brainwashed now in this in this society that if a person thinks that it's a lie, there's nothing you can do. Right. It is what it is. So if you if you don't want your business on social media, try not to be in a position that it has to go on social media. Because once it's, um, it's done, once it gets out there, the world's going to have an opinion. Right. And you know damn well you're not going to get the whole world to agree that you were right. When you see Meg go on Instagram Live and say, this dude shot me, is there part of you that finds that kind of shocking? I know she's a girl. Um, There's a lot of people... Who look at that and it's just like, oh, that's snitching. There's a lot of people who are like, it's not snitching. She's a woman, and, she's a woman and, and I'm old school, so she's a woman, and and there's so many levels to a female telling the story, right? Mm. One, that's why you got to look at the whole picture. If I shot you, your ass gonna get shot. Like there's gonna be a, a fucking hole in your foot that a bullet actually went through. When I saw. Her, the gunshot with them, it was not a bullet wound, it was just like got scraped by glass, so that confused me. Right. All right? When you get shot, literally shot, you're not gonna be able to walk. Right. If someone shoots you in your fucking foot, you're not walking, period. The thing is, is that if you shoot a gun in the direction of someone and then the bullet shatters off the ground and you get a little chunk of the bullet in your foot, are you then able to say that you got shot? Right. That's so true. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, yeah. what is the definition what of the, shot? Shot to me is that damn motherfucking bullet got to be right. went through your foot and your foot most, almost had to get amputated and they found the gun shell from the bullet. Mm. That was another case. But that's their story. I wish Tori Lang's the best. I wish her the best. I hope that um, their careers... <sighs> 
they get what they want in this journey mm. because what's going to happen in um, five years or less, nobody's going to give a fuck. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like people still are on Chris Brown's ass, though. That's going to haunt him for a long time because it was Rihanna. And that was just a beating. Yeah. And Which that in was comparison Rihanna. to a gun. Yeah. Anything domestic violence, when you're that level of superstar, mm. when you're that level of a female, will follow you for the rest of your life. People um, people won't forget that. Mm. It was too much of a um, high-profile case. Right. No, yeah. Just high profile. Good chance of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, one thing I thought that was interesting was that Vlad basically had the same. He had a very similar conversation with both you and Boosie about Lori Harvey. Okay. Boosie yesterday was one of the top trending topics on Twitter of just people destroying him for basically saying that he wouldn't wife up Lori Harvey because she had had sex with too many guys. Right. It got to be a certain kind of guy. Yeah. To date a woman who's date a lot of men. Right. Because what happens in hours before social media, there's probably a lot of women who dated a lot of men, but you didn't know their business. Yes. See, when you don't know something, it, it plays a different part compared to you wife somebody. And then one day she said, you say, well, how many dicks you sucked? Right. And she said, oh, 95. Right. Bitch, I thought, what? Yeah. But now you know exactly what's going on. So I said to Vlad that I think what Lori is doing is what I always say in my show, that in your 20s, you should explore life. The only thing that um, Lori's doing wrong is like everybody's in the entertainment field, mm -hmm. right? So that's like really dating everybody in the NBA. Right. That's really like dating everybody in the NFL. If you date too many people of the same category, yes. then you are going like. And I saw it when I was strictly like doing the BMX bike stuff. Yes, ramp tramps. Yes, just there. There would be girls who would just. It would be kind of baffling. Like, right? Damn, like you really fucking banged out like ten of the homies. Like, right? That's, like that's weird. Like, yeah. you, are you into them or are you into the their skill, exactly. their interest? But here's the most interesting part. Mm. The men who choose to date that woman. Right. What is your mindset when you know she dated, and you know you know all these people. Right. So you know this. So now you, do you not care, or you on the phone talking? Yeah, I fucked her too, yo. Mm -hmm. I did this to her. What you do to her? Well, I did this to her. So <laughs> you understand? Some men can't deal with that. Right. You got to be a cold-hearted motherfucker. To get let that get over on you and not get emotional. But you Michael B. Shit. Jordan is isn't he kind of the king of the castle because he locked her down. Now he got engaged. They are engaged, yeah. Or yeah, I believe they're engaged, yeah. Okay, so if he got engaged, that means all those experiences she had with those other men, they taught her certain things that she used on him. And but Michael B. Jordan, like. Why would he look at future or look at her and be angry about future when it's like if she is so great and she is so desirable and he really believes that she is the ultimate girl that he wants to be with and that she has gotten dicked down by future and decided that that's not what she wanted to keep doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, like I understand on like a really deep seated, like biological level, like, mm -hmm. yes, you're supposed to be jealous of other people fucking your girl. Right. But I mean, if your girl has had that experience and decided that she would rather be with you than this guy, I mean, let's be real. A huge percentage of men who have 
wives right now, I don't want to say a huge percentage, but a good chunk of them, Mm -hmm. those girls would be so, those wives would be so impressed by Future's fame and and talent and jewelry and money that they would go and get smashed out by Future and probably ruin their entire relationship with you and their relationship with their children just to get dicked down for, I don't know, I'm not going to give them a time period, let's say five minutes right uh by future here's the thing i guess five minutes here's the thing right the girl um, be lucky to get five minutes from me not her she could get five minutes me personally i gotta walk in a room knowing that the woman's next to me is pure mm. i gotta walk in the room knowing that a lot of men haven't fucked the woman that i care about that's me. I, I, that's how I want to live with peace of mind. Because there are men who are sloppy. There are men who are messy. Mm. There are men that, because you started fucking her, that they might start calling this girl back. Hey, what you, <laughs> hey, what you doing? Listen, I know you were, you know, listen, let's get together. Could happen. Mm. I'm not saying it's happening with them, but it could happen. I need my mind to be motherfucking clear. I feel that I feel like my brain has been sort of permanently damaged by being in the porn world adjacent to the porn world because this is a world where everyone has fucked each other. Right. And it's just understood. And it's like Yeah, you just understand. But white people, y'all different. Yes. And let me say to you what I mean by that too. There are black people in the porn world as well. When y'all say date, y'all can go out on a date and really that's a date and see that young lady with another motherfucker tomorrow Mm. and hi, hi, how are you? Right. When black people date and you got another. You, you was just fucking with me last night. <laughs> who the who the fuck is this? Right. Because people feel, bitch, I own you, or vice versa. Or the girls like, you ate my pussy last night, and you with this bitch. Mm. It, it, it goes like that in the back of me. So to me, it's a double standard type thing. Mm. And um, I've always thought that was funny that y'all date and y'all really know it's dating. Not in the black community. White people get mad at each other for overlapping sex partners. They do? Though, they for do? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. It's just, good to know. When you're closer and closer to the porn world, yes. it's a little different. But right. as soon as their feelings evolve. Now, here's a question for the porn world. Sure. So have you ever fucked a girl and she fucked you so good that you'll fuck later? Does that happen? Yeah. You know, how about this? How about you fuck a porn girl and... She does such a great job that you're like jerking off to her fucking videos on Pornhub five, six years later. Wow. And you can't tell a soul. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> I never I never jacked off to porn. Really? I used I, to be like that, though, where I would barely ever jerk off to porn. My mind is so creative that I, when I travel the world, I see women with nice asses or cute. Like later, if I want to fuck them, it could be months later. You know, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna fuck her. That's tonight. old school jerking off. That's shit. old school. I was there too. Yeah, yeah. I still am like that. Yeah, I'm old school. Part, okay, man. you call that old school. Jerking off from memory is so right. foreign. Yeah. Because if you grew up, every time you ever beat off in your whole life, you're actually I guess it'd be like this. Yes. You're like this. Actually, this would be the other hand if you're uh-huh. beating off the right hand. If you've jerked off that way every time for your whole life, yes. then you you the idea of jerking off to your memory probably does seem kind of foreign. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you have like any like sexual experiences that you just go back to? Like just random girl you fucked 30 years ago and somehow it's still just oh, in yeah. your brain. Oh, absolutely. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's, it's so true. Mm-hmm. And you want that, but you can't ask the girl you're dating that she have that. Because I dare you, bitch, if you think about somebody from 20 years no, ago. No, 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 no. Even though you know they do it. Hmm. You know, if you got a healthy mind 
and someone fucked you good weeks, months ago before you met me, mm. hey, hey, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. When you get older, you know, life just is so easy. Mm. When you've been through so much, you, the goal in life is to have peace of mind. Mm. And that's what I, the, the, when I come on your show and shows, the message I try to give to people is that the greatest thing that I can give you as a gift is that I hope you reach the pedestal of peace of mind. That's real. It's the ultimate gift that I can give to you. That's true. Speaking of peace of mind, you ever heard of Kevin Samuels? The name sounds familiar. So he is a, uh, a I believe, he, I think he's 50. Um, black gentleman from, uh, where does he live now? Texas? Oklahoma? Fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, he does these these videos on YouTube that have become extremely popular where he basically has women call in live and they describe their relationship. Oh, the gentleman with the glasses. Yes. Nice looking dude. Okay. Yeah. So we interviewed him recently and it's got like 600,000 views already. It's like big hit. People right. are going crazy for it. I don't like very rare. Do we get this positive of a reaction from something that's not with a rapper okay. with rappers? We're used to getting that positive reaction with him. I wasn't sure if our audience was going to overlap enough with the people watching his shit. Right. But you know, the, the gist of what he kind of does is that the the stereotypical situation that will happen is that a woman will call in and start describing her place in life of uh you know oftentimes they're like 33 right they weigh 380 pounds and uh they've been you know married twice and they got a kid and they're trying to date an nba player Mm -hmm, they're trying to mm -hmm. date a guy who's making a quarter million dollars a year right and kevin samuels his whole brand has kind of been built off of giving them the reality check of you know basically you need to change your standards or, right, or right, you know right. and, and i think that the thing that he's kind of like really trying to get at and hammer away at is that a lot of people are driving themselves crazy and not preparing for this you know like w- that our culture is making people feel completely lost at 35 when they want to settle down mm-hmm. because they haven't taken advantage of you know their their prime years in any way and right. they kind of have unrealistic expectations about the relationship that they could get into at this point in their life. And, uh, you know, he, he does take some shit from like the feminist community and stuff, but I feel like his community fucking loves him yeah, for loves having him. this conversation. And I, and I know who you're talking about now. Right. Um, he's very honest, mm. but there's a flip side to it. You, you, you have to tell the female that there's still hope right. for her relationship. He's not an optimistic figure yeah. for a lot of these women. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta have hope. That what, what women see, it's two things to this women that he talks about. One, and, and and I can share this to the world: if you do have children too young, then you have put yourself in a hole mm. until I call it till you're reborn. Reborn is now you got to become this mother, this dedicated mom for the next 18 years. Right. In that same process, you have to take care of your body. You got to take care of you so that when you send your kids off and you call, I call it reborn, you still look good. You worked hard. You saved some money because what happens to a lot of women, they get pregnant, they let themselves go. Hmm. They're not attractive by the time their kid gets up. So now if you're looking for a man, you're looking for dick, nobody's interested in you. Because mm-hmm. men, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Right. A man wants an attractive person that they can deal with. Plus, in, in particular, these high quality types of men that these girls want. Yeah, because yeah. what comes out of their mouth is not realistic when they come out of their 
what comes out of their mouth. They say things that they've heard their mother or girlfriend say for years. I want this man this type of height. Yeah. I want this man with this type of money. But the world is set up now. It ain't like tradition no more. All that shit is gone. It's what you got now, sister. Hmm. What are you bringing to the table? And it's going to get more and more like that as we get older and leave this earth. Men are going to want women who are equally yoked because if you don't go in looking at it equally yoked, you get a rude, a rude awakening if you get married, no prenup, and you go in front of a judge, and he brings the reality to your ass. Mm. And now you realize it's a business. And people are like, oh, if you love me, I would have to sign a prenup. If you love me, we don't have to do all this paperwork. Yeah, okay. Until we get in front of that fucking judge. Mm. And that judge is going to say, you fucking fool. I'm taking almost everything you worked hard for because you allow your emotions to get ahead of common sense. Mm. And it happens over and over and over throughout your life. Huh? So many stories. You, you can go to the court tomorrow and see hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these things happen. And people still will go out the following week and get married and not handle it the way they're supposed to handle it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Are you one of those guys? You're married now, right? I'm not married, but uh, we have a three-month-old now. Okay, okay, I like that. Yeah. So that you have a bond. We have a bond. It's yep. going strong. Yep. Right? If anything, for me, having this kid and being so obsessed with her, it's kind of hard for me to imagine, you know, like Vlad, when I, he had me on the other day, was saying, like, you know, congratulations. Like, if your relationship seems like it's good right now, but that first three to six months is like that's when everybody's relationship falls apart after they have the kid right now why why did it falls apart um i think it's because you know if you're a guy who wants to you know live this sort of like fun crazy go out all the time life uh it's just super hard to balance that with you know a woman like as soon as she has the kid and the kid is glued to her titty fucking all damn day and right. you know it's I could have never really wrapped my head around how much work it is for the woman. Yes. For for the the, the parents in general, yes. but there's so much of it that you just have no hope of really being able to help with as a guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where you got to use strategy. Mm. You got to help the woman out. You got to help her. You got to participate. Right. You can't allow her to take care of the baby, cook. Want to you still want to fuck her mm. cuz everybody's tired. Right. Everybody's tired. But if you help out and you take a little pressure off her, you have opportunities to still enjoy your sex life. If you know how to plan and strategize, okay, baby, um, we're going to go out on this particular day. We're going to do this. You want to do that. And you organize instead of just winging it. Right. You can really make that relationship last. Yeah. But you got to have activities. You got to know how to do things. You got to know how to have self-control because you can't fuck all the time. Because she's tired. Right, because the thing about it is that the girl, no matter what, is going to have to put in the hours. Hours. Because it is a 24-hour day. And thing. I was with my children. I'm the one that got up at 3 in the morning. I looked forward to it, but I was an older man. Mm. So I look forward to walking my child around in the middle of the night. It was like it was an honor. Really? Yeah, it was an honor. That's good. Yeah, I love that. See, I think that's part of the problem with me having such a responsible, mature girl is that she just, like, she wakes up, she's got to change the kid's diaper, she's got to feed the kid. She, she never wakes me up, and I just sleep through it. Because, See, that's awesome. You know, but as you get older, and my suggestion, 
you said, baby, I could, I could do this for you. Right. I think she would appreciate that a lot. The thing is, is that they're going to have to put in the hours no matter what. So I think that with it being the guy, it's like the more important thing is that during the hours that you are there or that you are around the baby or whatever, that you really give them like the best version of yourself during that time. Because okay. it's like for someone like me or you, it's like they're just going to be big chunks of the day where yes. you're gone you're yep. at work you're right. doing your thing and right. they don't get that fucking luxury that's so true you know it's like that's the thing that they don't get they yeah. don't get to go disappear to work for eight hours right yeah being a parent is one of the most hardest jobs you could put yourself into mm, definitely i hear you um okay so i wanted to ask you have you heard of or seen this uh cecil hotel documentary on netflix no i haven't so the the gist of the story is about this hotel in uh, downtown LA that mm -hmm. is like pretty terrible. You know, it's like okay. it's, I, I, I saw the um, the fly. I mean, the poster, right. but I didn't um, go into it. I my store was downtown, right near this hotel for years and years and years, mm -hmm. and I very uh, you know i would always see it and i would always kind of wonder like what is the purpose of these giant fucking hotels downtown that seem kind of shitty and like, right. the documentary does go into like why they exist and how in the 20s there was this big boom and th those hotels were actually full but nowadays they mostly exist because they're like i forget what percentage they said but there's like a huge percentage of people who live in those hotels mm -hmm. are like pedophiles convicted sex offenders who wow. can't they can't just move into a neighborhood because they'll have to fucking fill out the paperwork and I, I don't even know what exactly they have to do okay a lot of those people end up living in these hotels and stuff and the, the documentary is basically about this asian girl from vancouver or from somewhere in canada who decides that she wants to go check out la she sees an ad for a hotel in downtown LA. She thinks it's probably a good hotel because, you know, normally the downtown area of any given city is a pretty good area. Uh, not downtown LA as right. much. <laughs> right, that's true. She pulls up and, uh, you know, basically they, they taunt you and tease you with a whole bunch of different fucking versions of what might happen to you. Right. Including they have this crazy looking like metal dude with like makeup on and stuff right. and for a while because a whole part of it is that these internet sleuths start trying to put together who might have killed her. And then it comes out that actually she was basically like mentally ill and she went into one of the water tanks on the fucking roof of the hotel and wow. drowned in the water tank and then for over a week or like however many weeks the people who lived in the hotel were drinking dead asian girl water wow which i don't think that they drew enough attention in this documentary to just how gross that is wow drinking i, I, I dead definitely body. gotta watch that now yeah and i don't know why exactly so I, it uh, wasn't murder no nobody murdered her she was just crazy which that was all a lot of people thought is like, oh, so and even like there's videos of her kind of like tweaking out like in the elevator and stuff. And I feel like a lot of people, myself included, came to the same conclusion of she did crystal meth with someone in downtown and now she is tweaking the fuck out. And if she's dead, it's probably because one of these guys killed her or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely watching and see and get my perspective on that. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And one thing I thought was nuts about it is the fact that the family is in the documentary, so you get to see this extremely somber, sad-ass Asian family, and, like, you can really feel the pain. When you mm -hmm. see the, the parents, like, you can just see how upset they are. Yes. They put this documentary out. It's number one on Netflix, and they're 
uh, uh, allegedly the family really did not want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. They put it out anyway. Okay. That's kind of a crazy thing to think about happening. Your kid dying, yeah. and then they make content out of it and put it on Netflix. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, Jim. It's, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> it's a crazy world yeah, we live it's in. It's a crazy you know? world. But like I said, with social media, we get so much in documentaries now. Mm. Some things that we would never even think of um, watching or even listening to is at your fingertips now. Mm. That's a fact. Um, I wanted to ask you about this situation, too. Did you see the video of Meek Mill and uh, 6 9 outside the club? I saw that. What was your initial uh, reaction to this? I just don't get it. Like your kids laughing too. Like fucking damn, yeah. my dad talking about six nine. Funny. <laughs> no, this is this is <laughs> this is this is this is. You're not ready I don't for this cloud chasing generation. Know, yeah, like I don't get it. Mm. Like I read a little of it. I don't get it. It's. It's embarrassing, but it's the way they live. Mm. It's, it's, they get jealous of each other. They kill one another over um, things that's not important. Mm. You can't have a career. You One person is jealous of this one. This person is a snitch. This person is that. And it doesn't mean anything. My main thing that I, I took away from it, and especially in seeing the reaction afterwards, mm-hmm. was, you know, everybody... I think should be able to look at Meek Mill's career and say, like, what do you want from Meek Mill? If you think that Meek Mill is a talented guy that you want to see him make something out of himself, you want to see him do well for himself. You don't want to see him engaging with people that are just clearly trying to bait you into making a bad decision. Absolutely. Into making a fool of yourself. Right, right. That's not what I want for Meek Mill. And it, it I seems totally agree. bizarre for me to normalize that. I would, I would hope that if TK Kirkland was leaving the club and he had a similar situation of some young cloud chaser screaming in his face, right. trying to bait you into punching him or shooting him or having your homie shoot him or right. whatever, I would hope that you would be able to walk away from it. Yeah, I would walk know? away from it. And sometimes that's the hardest thing because I've been jumped before. Really? No one wants to fight me one-on-one. Right. Like, one-on-one, we're going to have some problems. Mm. So either they snuck up behind me, hit me here with a pipe, or um, jumped me, but never one-on-one. I'm going to assume it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Since you got jumped? Yeah, it's been a long time. But... I avoid people in situations... That it may you may feel like a punk, because I I wanted to retaliate mm. on a whole nother level. Right. But when you have so much to lose, so much to be thankful for, you have to walk away. Now you carry it in your soul right. for the rest of your life, like that pain that you should have did something. And I remember a situation where something happened to me, and um, in my head I had a conversation with myself. Right. And I was in jail, and me was talking to each, to myself, and it was, it was a female who lied, and I wanted to hurt her about something. Mm. And when I was in in my head, and the, I walked in, and myself said to me, um, "Yo, what you in for?" I said, "This bitch lied to me," and he turned his head, and he looked back. He said, "You gave up your freedom because a bitch lied to mm. you." And when I did it that way, it made sense because, see, we let our egos get in the way of thinking that we have to prove something. 
and it's just your ego. Your mm. ego will is just bruised, but it will heal. But getting locked up, going away, the people don't forgive you. To kill somebody because of your ego, you want to pull a trigger and shoot someone. Mm. And that person dies and you have that on your conscience for the rest of your life. And if you are a decent person and you grow and you go, wow, I killed somebody. I should have never did that. Sad. So you have to avoid um, people, obstacles, and bad situations at all costs. And that's what I do to mm. life. So someone wants to yell at me, um, I'll stay low for a minute or I'll go out the other way. But I'm not going to let you um, reel me in so that I have to change. Like even in, in an argument with people or somebody gets me upset and I get angry but I'm controlling my emotion, I won't deal with that person ever again because mm. I see that something bad can happen to my life. And, I, you know, people depend on me. And that's why when you hear about people who are in relationships where they're just sort of going back and forth with Ooh. a girl over and over and they keep taking each other back and they're, yes. they're beating the fuck out of each other and they're exposing each other on social media yes. and they're just mentally torturing each other. It's like, it always shocks me because I'm just the kind of person where, like, if I'm in a relationship and I feel disrespected by the girl, there's a pretty high chance that I'm going to say, okay, and that's what people should do. I'm not, I'm not talking anymore. I don't. If I don't trust you or your emotions, then I'm going to walk away from the situation. And, mm-hmm, but people don't do it. Right. You see, everything we talked about mm-hmm. throughout this um, uh, time we've been on here was about the thought process and how people continue doing bad things to themselves, sabotaging themselves. Even in a relationship, it has to take something so fucking drastic. Either you got your ass beat or you died. Mm. For the other person to understand and not understand that I gotta leave now before it happens. No one thinks about this could really happen. Mm. And I always tell people it's billions of fucking people on this earth. Yeah. Meet them all. You just really don't have to dig your heels into the ground and just spend your whole life with one person that you don't no. get along with or whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of baffling because a lot of times these people we're describing in these situations are the kind of people who have a ton of opportunities. They could go and meet a girl any fucking given night of the week, right? right? And end up doing the most crazy shit and put themselves in bad situations. But a lot of people, they start to view the other person as like a a reflection of their own self-esteem and their own self-worth. Right. So if that person is disrespecting you or you know not treating you right then like they they really feel like they have to you know they they have to go to war for this one person mm-hmm. to to save face yeah people think like that like um casino with robert de niro and that young lady mm. uh he she was taking his money giving it to the other guy because he had a baby with her he kept he loved her and kept putting himself bad back in a bad situation until she literally he let her go and drugs killed her. Mm. But sometimes, you know, people don't get that opportunity. Sometimes you die. Right. Sometimes you put yourself in a bad situation and it ends for you. So people have to learn to um, fly. And I call it first love yourself. Right. And if you love yourself first, the chances of you really putting you in a bad situation, hopefully we can minimize the... The, um, the bad effects. You think that loving yourself so much and being so comfortable with yourself has kept you away from really like having that like big long term relationship? I, I see the world different than most people. Yeah. See, I I'm, I'm here for a reason, 
And in my life, you have to sac. In life, to be successful, certain things to reach certain things. And and what are you prepared to sacrifice? Mm. See, because there's some things in life you have to sacrifice. I had to sacrifice love. I had to sacrifice being with a woman for the rest of my life. Mm. And that's what I had to give up to stay looking the way I look, to have the mindset that I have, to mm. travel the world the way I want to live. I had to give that up because I think about that all the time. I met some amazing women. I would think, yeah. Amazing. But if I'd have stayed with them at that time in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. So I had to give up a lot of things to get where I'm at. But the thing that's the most important to me is the peace of mind. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, your your mind will always go back to those girls throughout your life that mm-hmm. really wanted to be with you, and they really were yes. special. Yeah, they were special. And that you just, you know, yeah. I just wasn't ready for it. I love you, but I love me more. Right. And that's the thing. Really, it's more like I have to drown myself in vagina of strangers for the next decade or two before I'm going to be comfortable getting into a relationship. And believe it or not, I really, I really have liked fucking different women. Like, it's like the greatest thing to me in the world. A lot of, I think a lot of men would say that, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, some people, <laughs> some people, some people give up, not me. Really? Oh, my God. I'm shit. You're still out here taste testing. Yeah, let me tell you something, man. If I can go out, if I die and you hear me that TK died, nothing in the female, mm. so that motherfucker lived his life. God bless that dude. That's how you want to go. That's how I want to go. I want to die. Um, Dick in hand. Um, with a woman's legs back. Screaming my ass because I bust so hard and I just died. Right. That would be the fucking ultimate gift to the world. I'm surprised you only have six kids. Or yeah, is it I'm six? Su- I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was slinging dick back in my day. Yeah. Yeah, I had a good time. If you found out that you had some sort of terminal illness and that you got like three years left, is there a part of you that's going to want to just go just scatter nuts all over the world and just get as many possible? Infants going. I while think you're I'll here? have different emotions. Mm. I think um, I'll be sad maybe one day, and then one day I'll probably be a hoe, then be sad again, and then be a hoe. Do you ever <laughs> think about that though? If you knew that you were going to die in thirty days, mm-hmm. what do you do until then, and how does that how does that make you feel about what you are actually going to do for the next 30 days as a regular person? I think that I would, I would want to be my kids. I, I talk to my kids almost every day anyway. Right. So I would still talk to them more, but I would be fucking that much more. Mm. See, life to me is... But not at the same time. Yeah, life to <laughs> me is waking up, enjoying the, the view I have in my home, um, working out, swimming, riding my electric bike, and fucking. Wow. That's the ultimate fucking goal in life. And knowing that I made enough money to last me for two lifetimes. Mm. I, but sex, a good woman, good taste in pussy, beautiful skin, a woman that can have great conversation. Oh, man. Well said. It's trying to get me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen to me. It's, it's, it's nothing better. And you don't have no, your bills are paid. Mm. You're in shape. You don't have no high blood pressure, mm. no diabetes, no erectile dysfunction. You got Perrier water in your refrigerator. Mm. You got cookie. I still am very much in the, the state where 
My girl had the kid three months ago. We have had sex since then. Mm-hmm. Not a ton. Right. It seems like it's going to be interesting getting back into the groove of having a normal or, you know, regular sex life. That's given- where you got to become creative. And what mm-hmm. I mean by creative is you have, I call it um, dick management. Really? See, dick, see, a lot of men don't have dick management. A lot of women don't have how to manage their pussy. People fuck and fuck until they worn out. And once you nut, I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't, if you fuck too much, you don't like the person you're still laying next to. But if you manage to dick saying, okay, maybe Monday I'll just eat pussy. Tuesday I'll give her some dick. And you have a different strategy every day to be so creative mm. that it makes it fun. But yeah. if you keep just fucking, 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 you're tired. Yeah, well, getting the fucking in and going in the first place is kind of a big part of the challenge because it's like my problem is that, you know, I'll get home from work at 7 or 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. and she's, you know, wearing sweatpants. She's had the kid hanging off her tit all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a lot of times women don't feel like. So why don't you suck the other titty? I don't know if I want to do it at the same time. Yeah, but shit, that, that sounds that sound like fun to me. But you can't relate to this, that a lot of women maybe aren't like necessarily in their super sexy state of mind. That but that's they, where you come in again. You make mm. her feel that she's sexy. Baby, you look amazing mm. in your sweatpants. I like the way your, your nibbles look through the T-shirt. Right. Like you got to, you got, you know, I'm looking at you. You got the, you got the gel in the product in your hair. You got... You know, your skin is moisturized. Mm, you got you know, Gorilla Glue in your yeah, hair. Yeah, you, you got to have that Sean Connery about you. Right. You know what I'm saying? See, the thing about your generation, y'all ain't, y'all ain't have no smooth motherfuckers. No, we don't up. seduce. Yeah, no. see, that's the word. You no. hit the right word. Mm. And that's what people don't understand. When I was growing up, there was a word called you seduce a woman. Right. And that was about your presentation. It was about how you smelled, how mm. you looked, how you made her feel. Even though she... Felt like she wasn't gonna fuck you. Your game was so cold right. that the next thing you knew, panties was off, baby in the closet door shut. Like <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had to do that. You yet. know, like oh my god, <laughs> you are fucking amazing. So you got to get in your mind. Come home with some champagne. Tossing the baby yeah, in a yeah. pile of clothes in the closet. <laughs> Toss the baby. Image. Put a fucking pacifier. You stay right the fuck here and don't say a goddamn thing. It'll be all right. Right. You'll be all right. Yeah. Or fuck. Why the baby in bed? You ain't never did that? No. Oh, so you scared. We've we've done it with the baby in the, the, the cradle or <laughs> no, whatever, like a few feet away from the bed. You're scared. She's sleeping. You're scared. It's not. It's kind listen of, to me. I'm telling you from a man. Listen to me. You're scared. You can't be scared. So the presence of the infant doesn't make no. it a little weird for you? No. Okay. Fuck her. Well, you've done this a lot more than me. Yeah. Fuck her with the baby. Right. Matter of fact, when you're fucking... I'm not going to touch. Hold the baby. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, listen to me. Why you fucking? Look at me. Look at me. Look at watch me. It, watch it. Watch it. Look at my arm. You want me to see this? Yeah, see my arm? <laughs> you see the arm? You fucking. Look at the baby. No, 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 the baby no. looking, chewing on the passer. And you make eye contact. <laughs> I mean, BFB the Pac-Man is a rapper, and he had a bar that said, I done fucked a lot of bitches with their baby in the bed. 
which I thought was funny. You know, uh-huh. like maybe the, the that happens from time to time. But I, even even he didn't suggest that you might touch Listen, the you got to do that. And I feel it, like you might be breaking some kind of law. And there. that's why you have to be so clever and stay in shape. Because mm. sometimes the baby might want to fall off. And you <laughs> turn your head and you grab the baby by the ankle because they're right. so light. They can hang a little bit and you, and you bring them back up. <laughs> I am not going to dangle my kid by the ankle. You got to be creative, man. You know, that's one fucked up part is that the legs are so much stronger than the, the arms. She has right. no upper body strength at right. all. But meanwhile, the legs can cool. Right. Like she cracked me in the jaw the yes. other day pretty good. That's right. Yeah, yeah you got to grab the baby. But the arm, <laughs> have that baby, get some. <laughs> I guarantee oh, your wife will love it. Or your girl will love it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe you were onto something with putting her in the closet. Yeah, but yeah. no, no. Forget the closet. Put the baby on the side of the bed I'm and just hold starting, the baby. I'm just starting to get used to my cat watching me fuck. Now, that's interesting, too. Right. Yeah, because when women have cats and dogs, you know, I'm like, is this dog going to be in the room? Uh. He, he's always here. No, but the dog. And that's embarrassing. You fuck somebody and they dog or cat. Right. And then you walk around the hat, the cat be looking at you. Yeah, like, what you do? You're like, Why'd you do that? Yeah, what, Who are what, you? what's going on, buddy? Yeah, she feeds me. Yeah, I put. A, I remember one time I was messing with this girl. She put the dog out the room. And when we woke up the next morning, the dog had destroyed half the fucking living room. Really? Out of jealousy. Wow. Shit was hilarious. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I had a, a, a girl <laughs> that I used to hang out with that multiple different times her dog pissed on the blanket while I was sleeping over. <laughs> And I was just over. And I, I, I really was kind of honest with her. I was like, yo, like, because it was, it was one of these girls where I maybe kicked it with her, let's say, like, five times. Yes. And she just keeps sucking my dick. Right. Like, the first time we, we maybe kiss a little. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like four times we hang out and she just gives me head. Right. And, you know, obviously, like, I'm not planning on marrying this girl. This was a right. long time ago. But, you know, I want to feel what the vagina feels like, too. Right. After I got pissed on two times by the dog, I was like, all right, we're just going to cut this one short. Right. Yeah. That's funny, yo. Man. That's funny. It'd be like that, though. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like that. And believe it or not, if a um, normally when I meet a woman, if she got cats, I know I'm not going to like her. Really? I don't know what it is. Like, Because um, some of these people really love their dogs and cats. Mm. Yeah. I'm a cat guy. Yeah. I don't, and my cat's old. I'm not coming to your house and you got a cat. You can't if you come to my house and you actually bring the cat, I'm gonna block you. My cat is 17 and kind of losing his mind. Right. So he's like begging for food at like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it really sucks because it's like I, I just no matter how bad he gets, I can't just like you know feed him to a mountain lion. Oh okay. I've been yeah, with him I too know. long. I've never been an animal. Yeah. Person. Yeah. 14 Mm-mm. years with this guy. Wow. Yeah. Can't feed him to a mountain lion. It sucks. Okay. Might have to buy him his own house. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might have to do that. You know, it's good to have people like you. Give him his own room. Yeah, it might be people like It's good to have people like you like that, my man. Honestly. I respect that. You know? TK Kirkland. Uh, anything that the people out there should uh, look out for? Anything yeah, they need to know? Yeah, you know, um, we got the Who Raised You hoodies. Make sure you go on my Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. They're doing real well. Just hit the bio on my link. Um, um, shows, all my shows is lined up on Instagram. Philadelphia coming up. Um, Virginia Beach next week, um, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, Portland, Oregon, Detroit, Michigan, uh, all the, I'm, I'm working and to, to be 200 years old, the women still loving me, people still booking me. Right. I, it's a blessing for me, man. 
It's an inspiration for sure. I can't wait to see myself at your age. I'm going to look like fucking Mr. Burns. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. My, my, I'm 60, so my goal is if I can get 30 more summers. 30 summers. It really? doesn't seem like a lot, 90. right? That's 90. But I mean, if the way you seem like you're going right now, I mean, I, I can see Yeah, it. I had a technician in my house yesterday um, doing some stuff for me in my home. And I'm watching the stocks and all that kind of stuff. I'm not expert in stocks, but right. I have my own little system. And um, he said, sir, what do you do? And you know, I always tell people I'm retired if you don't know who I am. And he happened to be 38 years old. He looked older than me. Mm. And he, he, I said, I'm old enough to be your dad. And he was shocked. He's looking around. He's eye hustling my home like, wow, this guy's really living a great life. Mm. And he thought, I, you know, if you don't know what I do, I don't mention it whatsoever. So I told him I was retired, and he just so happened to hear a phone call that came over that a guy needs 150000 and I negotiated a deal. You know, I loan, I loan people big sums of money, but they pay me back. Mm. And he heard that, and um, I just said, I'm still retired, you know? So he did what he had to do, and um, he was really impressed that I was, he never knew how old I was. Mm. You know, and I just feel good to know that I'm 200 and something, but I took care of myself and that um, I hope that I can get the 30 summers that I want out of this and that it'll, it'll put me at 90. I'm a believer. I get 30 summers, baby. If I leave, don't cry for me. Are you going to get the the early Social Security payments? Oh, yeah. you can get it at like 63 or 65, So imagine this right, right now. Right, imagine I'm going to be working. I'm still going to look young. I'm still driving nice cars. And getting Social Security. Right. And going to have a bad bitch breathing on me. Breathing. So now imagine career, check, Medicare check, right? I still got all my insurance. Oh, everybody should want to live the life I live, to live that long, mm. to get all them checks. Still look amazing. Still dick get hard. Right. You know, no medication. I fuck like I'm 18. Life is good. Life is good. I was just as bad at fucking at 18 as I am now. Yeah, I'm 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 a bad motherfucker in that bed. I should I could have been in in your possession, but my, pause. Yeah, I could have been in your possession, but. Mm -mm. You ever heard of Brian Pumper? Yeah, the the, the on the, the swole dude. Yeah, he has no skills. <laughs> <laughs> Interview's over. <laughs> TK no Kirkland. TK Yo, it's always a pleasure, my Appreciate man. You, man. Always a pleasure. Hey, we fist bumping now. Yes, Hopefully, sir. we'll be have no mass at all next time we do an interview, yes. and we'll be vaccinated. Well, I don't know if you're getting vaccinated. Uh, I'm getting vaccinated. Well, I'm going to wait for the one shot. All right. Nice. Yeah, you ain't gonna get me twice. Okay. You know, I, I, but I'm gonna get it. But I'm getting the one shot. You heard that. Hey, if if, if Lil Baby and Meg the Stallion ain't going to do vaccina vaccination commercials, the closest we can hope for is TK. Yeah, I'll get the one shot. And and, and I, I want to be a true um, example of one of the coldest gangs in the world. See, they talk about gangs, but they don't really talk about the gang. And I am an AARP member. Mm. And if you could live to get an AARP card. That's a real flex. Real flex, you buddy. Get, you should get it laminated and rock it around your neck. AARP, and when you call for your reservations, for your rent a car and everything, and the price is high, he said, oh, I'm an AARP member. <laughs> this man put you on game from the beginning to the end of this podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Easy. TK Kirkland made your pain be champagne.
TK Kirkland, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. And hit up nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate y'all. Peace.